0: Really good for this.
1: Oh! I had no
0: idea you can use regular headphones on. Yeah,
1: yeah, you totally can. It doesn't give you like the world's best sound. Sometimes it can be a little louder Feels in good. your ears than it is in mine, but no, good. we're all good. We're recording, just so you know. What? Just all so right. you don't say anything crazy. Right, no,
0: let me turn on my uh, my di- my. Uh, my Podcast voice.
1: Your pod, Your podcast voice. Yes, how's it going? I don't know. Is everything right? Oh hi. Hi. Oh hi. Who am I speaking with today?
0: You're speaking with Mike Menendez.
1: Mike Menendez. Uh, yeah. Going full name. Going Nothing full anonymous name. on this one. <laughs> are you doing. I'm good. You were just telling me your Casanova woes.
0: My Casanova woes. Yeah.
1: And it was magical.
0: It was magical. It was I've wonderful.
1: Never met a person so uh, in want to fall in love, and then like so, uh, you're like a cat. Okay. You're like a human house cat. <laughs> I, you're
0: was, I was just like
1: you're like scratch my tummy, but not there, but not and then that, you run nah. off. No,
0: nah, that's nah, not true. At all. <laughs> that's not true at all. I mean, yeah, I had a fun weekend this past weekend with the uh, with a really nice lady from out of town. Because uh, in Los Angeles, uh, you have to export uh, decent people, and that's true. Yeah, she yeah. was just a lot. Of, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you have to like find the hidden
0: gems. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's tough. Yeah, you're right. I've talked to you a lot about just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've
1: it's... had many a late night after Mike's Carmel
0: lounge. I'm just talking about women left and right. I don't know. I just, you know what? I, was, I think I've just been so, uh, because I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, uh, both who I hadn't seen in a little while, and they both made the exact same statement after talking to me for a night. And that statement is all you do is talk about women in comedy. And I said to them, what the fuck else is there to talk about? That's really that's really what it feels like.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Nuh-uh. there's art, there's music. You have great music taste.
0: I uh, I have great music taste because I take suggestions from people around me. Like, uh, there's a regular at my bar. Uh-huh. His name is Brandon. He's a great guy. Um, very soft-spoken. He just recommended DJ Muggs and Rock Marciano's uh, album to me. And I have never listened to DJ Muggs or Rock Marciano. And it was only 35 minutes, and I uh, I listened to it yesterday, and it's wonderful. I love it like wide. I really like, yeah. I really like being introduced to new stuff because I'm very aware that that there are parts of my brain that just haven't been popped yet because they they haven't been exposed to that kind of stimuli yet. You yeah, I mean? the next thing I really want to get into is country music because I've never really been into country music. At all. Oh,
1: like like Waylon Jennings and like
0: I don't even know who the hell that is. So okay. see so right there, like all I know, all the country music I know is from like tailgates, like when I went to like Florida State when I you know when I when I lived in Miami and I I went to go watch Miami Florida State or you know I'd be with my fraternity uh, tailgating at the University. You were of Miami. in a fraternity. I was in fraternity for two years. That was a big ass mistake, and I left. Uh, I left to go to the musical, I I left to go to the theater arts program, basically to dedicate my time to that. Okay. And weirdly enough, I found theater uh, less homoerotic than the Greek environment. (laughs) I'm around uh, gay musical theater actors than I was by these like, like just i got
2: something to prove just
0: like okay, dude i got your balls bro and i'm like it's why like, they It's like you know that like flicking balls type thing that like those kind of people do and yeah know, all the pranks that they do are just like uh i remember like
1: <laughs> what an invasive thing to flick
0: there's so much in the way yeah there's so much stuff and then there's that eskimo brother shit which i've never understood it's like you know
1: so it's like a desirable thing in a fraternity
0: it's I it I don't know I never understood it I was never good sorority girls never liked me either okay like they liked me but they would always be like you're my favorite out of all these guys and then they wouldn't fuck me like it right. was just like I was just like a a puppy that was just around oh. no I didn't care it was fine they did me a favor I think I, I you know I yeah they did me a big ass favor I love that you're no not rich. you know what it's not I mean there <laughs> there is some of that stuff but I mean it's not with the people i hang out with true yeah 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 Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's like there's yeah you're probably right and plus
0: i hang out with with a lot of uh women in comedy too and that's that's a big
1: not to brag
0: not to brag no not on some not on some (laughs) no no offense to the comedians that date other comedians you have you have i mean you know no offense to you i personally can't do it myself just because every time i really really like Yeah. Cherish it. I love going to my bar and hanging out. I like going boxing. I love playing basketball with the Orthodox Jewish people that play basketball with on Sunday. Yeah. Like all that stuff. I love running into. My homeless friend Oliver, who we play one-on-one basketball all the time together, and he beats me most of the damn time. Because <laughs> he's one of these homeless dudes that's in better shape than all the people that have the means <laughs> to be in shape.
1: If he was inside, it'd oh be my all God. over. It would be
0: all over. That guy is amazing, too. I really want to write something based off of like him. Yeah. Um, We we were playing basketball one day, and it was really hot outside. And we went to the 99 Cent store together because I wanted to pick him up some stuff because it was really hot. And we were, we got to know each other a little bit, and you know he told me he had some kids somewhere. And oh wow! He had he had a, he had a lady for ten years or whatever. It was all very vague. And then at one point I said, uh, I said, so what did you used to do? Because obviously he's homeless and he doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah. And he said, uh, oh, I was a writer.
1: No. Yeah. No. No.
0: But here, don't, but wait for the end of the sentence. I said, uh what have you written anything that i might have read and he goes like oh no 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 not in this life in my past life i was a writer okay he said in my past life i was a writer And so it, what
1: do you do in this life how was he supporting them
0: kids i just really wanted to focus on that past life frankly and <laughs> as it so you wrote in a past life he's like yeah but he, he just and he got like really like sad and he's like it's really fast life that I'm not getting paid for in this life. Was like, geez, that was like, it was the wildest sentence he, I'd ever heard in my life. He has past life, like, yeah. uh, the scene kind of, he, he's not getting second life residuals <laughs> from his first life. That was like, and, and I, I didn't even want to ask what writer, he, writer he was. Cause don't know. I was like, Oliver, man pick out as many Gatorades as you want that was a great <laughs> sense. I see the I see the dude around all the time actually he yeah he's he's a really cool guy i could see though that he's he's cool with me he's really calm with me for some reason i think yeah. because he can kind of tell like i'm a little off and He'll yell at people sometimes as as they're walking by us. Well, he's the f- that the friend did him wrong in 96 or some shit like that. Yeah, like you think you can get away with it. And the lady's like, "What? what are you talking about? And I'm yeah. like, just keep going. He's fine. He's not violent. He's cool. That's crazy. No, but he's an interesting guy. So, yeah, I really cherish times like that. And, yeah. uh, and uh, also, um, female comedians don't like me.
1: <laughs> That's so not true. Nah, okay. You need to calm your ass okay, down. Nah, okay. okay,
0: okay. Uh,
1: oh, my God. So, yeah how do you deal with surrender in your life? Like, how do you experience that?
0: Surrender? Yeah. What you mean? Just like. Letting shit go? Yeah. Uh, it's happened more and more for me lately. Okay. Um, Cause again, all the stuff we've been talking about and, and uh, you know, I went, I went through like a bad, not a bad breakup, but a, like my first real breakup this year. Yeah. And it was in the midst of, a lot of confusion in my life and a lot of uncertainty. And I just went on the road more and more. Um, You know, I got to go to a cool place, San Francisco, San Diego, and I got to go home to Miami a a couple weeks out of this year. And the scene in Miami is uh, they're they're being really great to me in a way that I thought they would never be just because I never started there. Um, Oh, okay. So I can come back and do independent shows now and people will show up. Like the people in Miami show up And, um, you know, I was gone for three weeks, a couple, like I got back a couple weeks ago, but I was gone for three weeks, which is the most time I've ever been gone from Los Angeles since I lived here. And I came back and I got the sense that people missed me and Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. I think I'll be fine.
1: It makes am, my baby. heart so happy when I see you at the comedy store on Mondays cuz mm. it's such a like wild crazy environment and mm. when I see you there I'm like oh god thank god Mike is here. Yeah. Even though you're like a live wire yourself, you're a ball of energy especially in that environment just makes me feel like oh this is like I feel safer in an environment that inherently feels a little insane. It feels insane. It mm-hmm. feels at
0: times the things that are said there feel malicious but Yeah. I, and I get it. It's kind of the, uh, the breaking... Down. Again, I was in a fraternity. I understand like the breaking down of one's psyche to yeah. kind of fit the mold of whatever the place is itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, though, I go to the comedy store. I go to the comedy store, I would like to say, two or three days a week. Monday, definitely. Tuesday nights, definitely. And then I'll pick another night. But I really, what I really like doing there is I love going and just sitting in the back and watching these headliners that cost like $60 to watch on the road for free or whatever. $60 cheapest ticket. Yeah. To watch on the road for free. I've gotten to see Dave Chappelle for free. I've gotten to see Bill Burr for free. I've gotten to see Chris Rock for free. I get to see Ali Wong for free. I get to see all these amazing acts for free. And I think. I, I and I love the comedy store, but the thing is, is that I I'm never in that like those like the people who hang outside, and they'll just like drink the whole night, and they'll never actually like go into the place. Like God bless yeah. them. It's just like I, they aren't
1: feeding their comedy by doing that. Yeah, I mean, what
0: yeah. Hey, I I don't see them. I you know I see them when I see them doing comedy, and they're they're funny. But it's to me, it's just I love, I love comedy so much, and I'm so happy that I have a place like the comedy store that lets me. Yeah. That lets me go inside and like audit cuz that's yeah. what you're doing you're auditing yeah. a class for free and just I mean it's amazing I mean it it's amazing and I, and um I appreciate it. No I wish of course I I could showcase and all that stuff like anybody else it'll happen it, I, maybe it will maybe it won't and either way it's it, it's not in my yeah it's not in my control whatever happens is gonna happen yeah. whether i want to or not
1: no matter what you're funny as fuck and yeah. no matter what you're missed when you leave town that's why i brought that up it was like such a reminder that like you left town and then you were back and
0: it was, it was I, what i was saying
1: people, is that's like a tangible moment oh where was, man like you were missed
0: and people who i thought like i was not cool with like i was uh, i'm going to speak as vague as possible as to not
1: <laughs> you know it's the same we all in our heads i was talking to tom last night and it's like in our heads we have these moments where we feel like we feel like you know there's conspiracy to dislike and and there truly is not most people are just thinking about themselves
0: yeah and and the thing about it is again there was there was like a, a there was like a person i thought i wasn't cool with um just because of just the way things have been going. And I came back after three weeks and they were generally happy to see me. And that, that's really Yeah, that's like that's cool. I really like that. Um yeah, I'm not too, I'm just not worried anymore. I just don't care. I don't care because I think as long as I'm just focusing on what I'm focused on, it's it's all gonna work out. That's yeah. the that, that's that that's that alchemist mentality to Yeah. Yeah.
1: Focus on the funny, it all
0: works out. Focus on the funny, it all works. Now I would like to do other things besides stand up, which that's that's something I need to actually start looking at. And I am, I'm starting to work on a web series that I that I created. Nice. Based on a short I already did. Nice. So You're doing it. It's we'll all happening. Works. I'm meeting. i meeting with some people this week, but it, man, getting people together in this city is ridiculous. Because I I started the ball rolling on this um, like a month ago, and I still haven't gotten uh, the DP and the director in the same room. And we're getting yeah. we're fine together this week. No, it's it's good. It's it, and it's well because it's also it's an independent project, so you yeah, know, these people got to take time away from making money to yeah do to this. do the thing. But luckily, I I think I found two people that can help me out. So nice. seeing other stuff, I mean. I mean, yeah, I'd like to write more. I like to act more because I, I started, I started in theater, uh, like theater arts. I started yeah. doing plays and stuff like that. And so, like I, I, did a of six week intensive uh, at a Shakespeare theater in Massachusetts when I was in college. Yeah. And I just saw a friend of mine who I had not seen in oh man seven eight years. Wow. At uh, at the, at a comedy show I did at the Pit uh, in uh, in New York and me and him were talking we were reminiscing about because this dude still does shakespeare and he was talking about like oh i'm doing this play i'm doing this play. i'm like man i remember when i used to be so wild about that shit i used to love shakespeare i used to love plays in general and like the thing was is that i started doing stand-up i'm one of those guys that like he was an actor but like he wanted to do stand up as, like, oh, this is a way I can showcase who I am other than outside of auditions. Meanwhile, I wasn't really going to a- on auditions or anything like that. Yeah. So I started going to mics because, like, everyone's like, oh, this is what you do to become a good stand up. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And luckily, I latched on with a, a group of really good young comedians Yeah. who were all fantastic writers at a young age. Like, the knock against me my first year was great performer shit writer and huh. luckily being around these guys that knew just knew how to like use their words like the economy of their words was so they they're just really intelligent guys and and uh i think that that's helped form what i'm doing now and I'm, I'm 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 okay with what i'm doing now i'm not as happy as i could be um and uh we'll see i'm i'm really just waiting for the next wave because it's like it's like the stuff that we've been talking about, all the all the stuff about like romance and stuff like that. That's been yeah. like my theme for like the last three months. I'm ready for the new theme.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Actually, I was just talking to my therapist about that. Yeah. And it's like, I think the new theme is like self-love, self-acceptance. Because I you lack you try to write that. jokes about that? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Actually, that's a great that's a that's a great direction to
0: take it like, yeah. to explore it more. Well, that's the thing is that I never cared about any of this shit. I, like I, I told you, it was like, it's like I had been on autopilot for like twenty. Like let's say puberty hits when you're thirteen. Yeah. So thirteen to twenty nine. Let's say thirteen and twenty seven, twenty eight. Before I got into my first real relationship, yeah. I felt like I was on autopilot for like whatever those amount of years were, like I was outside of this bubble called dating and I looked inside and I'm like, why the fuck are all those people so sad in there? Yeah. And then I got it. I got knocked off of autopilot and I had to take over my own plane and there was a lot of turbulence. Um,
1: it's, yeah, it's a thing. It's,
0: uh, yeah, now I'm the guy that the younger guys look at and go like, why the fuck is he staring at his beer for six hours and not drinking it? And then I'm, <laughs> I'm just like yelling, I'm like, you'll see. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> You don't want them but you need them.
1: Well, it's it's you have to take the risk of connection. Like, yeah. that's that's really the thing. It's like you want to if you want to have a full human experience, you have to take the risk of connection.
0: Well, I've never had a problem putting myself out there. It's getting that shit reciprocated which has been the biggest problem. Okay. Yeah.
1: Do you think you always like put it out there in a clear way?
0: I put it out there in a pretty clear way. It, <laughs> it scares people out sometimes. I I am I'm I'm aggressive, not in a not in a an improper way, but in a kind of like silly type of way that comes off as like. But maybe maybe it's not as clear as I'd like to think because I was with some I was uh, I've heard people a few people recently go to me like I'm never sure if you're being serious or not, (laughs) and I'm like if we're around a group, assume I'm not being serious. If we're one on one, assume that I'm being serious, Mm, and that's that's the truth. I I'd rather. In in a group setting, I don't care to be serious.
1: <laughs> right, that makes sense. That like, makes sense. Like
0: why? Because the serious things you could say within a group are so base level. You can't get specific and serious in a group of people. It's all sir. Seri- that's why groups of people always they talk about topical things with such a serious tone. Like, I don't like Kavanaugh. It's like yeah, none of us like Kavanaugh, but keep yelling. Let's keep yelling a little bit. Like you know, what I mean, it's just.
1: I don't think that's entirely possible or like entirely true. I okay. think that. I think that there is possibility for, like, real connection. It's difficult in a group, Mm -hmm. but I think there is a possibility for, like, real communication, real connection. I know that's overwhelming for a lot of comedians because I I know I come across in a way that's like, no, let's really talk about what's going on. How are you doing? And I mean it. And I know that for some that can be overbearing or uncomfortable because i don't know any other way to be in the world i'm not going to ask somebody or a group of somebody is how they're doing and not genuinely mean it
0: yeah otherwise
1: i don't ask
0: well you know what also i'm generalizing it's also the group of people that you're with i mean true if i'm around the group of comedians that i started with yeah and we're hanging out like you know at a party or something like that it's are you
1: saying these brilliant writers are perhaps not emotionally available
0: no, they're amazing. That's the point I'm trying uh, to make. Oh, they're not just good writers, by the way. They're fantastic performers, too. But yeah, starting yeah. out, it's like they were... It's like we both... It's like we all went opposite ways. Like, I started uh, out as a really good performer and I learned how to be a good writer and they okay. were all, like, good writers that learned how to be good performers. Got it, got it, got it, got it. it got got weird it. thing yeah, that yeah. happened there. Um, and, no, but when we're all together, it's cool because we have all this history together. Yeah. But it gets insane sometimes.
1: Well, what's been the most insane moment?
0: I'd rather not say, but... Uh, it's you know what i'm saying it's just it's fun i love being around comedians i really love being around comedians but again i very much cherish my non-comedy time okay i love it a lot because i think i think it's i, I was just a regular i mean the reason i didn't try stand-up for the longest time because i pretty much started when i was like 25 pretty yeah. much uh was because i thought i can't be one of those guys i'm too situationally like water cooler funny like, I'm funny to regular-ass people in the moment. And you see them. You you go to a bar and stuff like that, and you can see the the short, fat idiot that makes like the taller guys and the prettier girls laugh. That's who I was for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't transition to be a guy like Dave Chappelle or Bill Burr. I, I can't be one of these guys. These guys are like, cool, I lack like that shit. And then after a while once I actually started trying stand up and you look around the room, it's like, Oh, most of these guys are losers. We, we can, we can do this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. High.
0: You just see it after a while. And then it's, yeah. And not to say I'm not a loser, but, uh, I am unaware if I am one and that's part of the key.
1: So with that decision in mind, like how do you make decisions in your life?
0: Um, decisions, what do you mean?
1: Yeah, like how do you make decisions in your life? Either to start stand up, to do a thing, to not say what the most insane moment was. Like, how do you make decisions in your life?
0: <laughs> well, to to me is a you know I I uh, my 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 group's so cool. I just uh, that's those stories are for me. Um, but <laughs> uh, t- well, the decision to start to do stand up was that I was always a big fan of it. I always wanted to do it. I think the first time I really wanted to do it was my grandfather uh he had a stroke on a friday july let me see if i'm getting this reversed no yeah july 12th uh 2002 oh wow i remember the exact date because and he was in the hospital and he was hooked up to life support we knew he was pretty much gonna die uh july 14th 2012 that's sunday my grandfather went my grandfather would end up dying on a monday and we, we all knew he was gonna die me, my dad, my brother, and my mother watched Robin Williams live on Broadway that Sunday, July fourteenth, two thousand two, yeah. and we just laughed our ass off for an hour and a half, even though we were in the midst of this tremendous despair. Yeah, and that's like the the you know like there are great bits in that. It's about the golf bit, the golf bit is one of my favorite yeah. bits of all time. Um, how the scottish invented golf and just watching robin williams manically just go through an hour and a half and that was the first time i'd ever really thought about doing stand-up like i was like this shit is like really cool yeah and but i wouldn't do it for a long time just because you know i I just i i didn't think i i had it in me and i still sometimes think i don't have it in me. i I think i'll quit and go open up a bar in key west or some shit (laughs) And then, if any kid, like, if any guy comes in, hey, can we do an open mic night? I strangle him, and then I move to another city. <laughs> and change my name. The open the open mic suggestion killer. Um, <laughs> That's
1: pretty fair because you want the sign of a struggling business is usually an open mic. It's
0: usually an open mic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I, it's like it's like after a while, if I want something, I will eventually be forced to do it if it's really what I desire. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really what it is. Okay. It's it's not it's it's usually not my choice. It just happens. It's something that I have to do. Okay. It's something that I like innately. It's something that's innate and will make me feel fulfilled. Like I when I was so before I started doing stand up, I was in Chicago. I was doing theater. I was at this storefront theater It's called Oracle in, okay. in Boystown, um, and wonderful theater staff. Wonderful play, wonderful director, all that. Um, I was in this play called The Accidental Death of an Anarchist. And it was Tuesday night. It must have been negative seven degrees outside. There was three people in the audience. Because, again, it's like, it's small. It's a small theater company. Yeah. So I'm in the first scene, and then I'm not in another scene for an hour, hour and a half. So I'm downstairs in the basement, which is their green room. There's no heat down there. So I'm in my my costume and then a big ass jacket wow by myself because everybody else is on stage so i'm just by myself with my thoughts for like an hour and chicago has a huge rat problem so a rat walks by me uh in the middle of me waiting by myself and i was just miserable because i'm like there's three people up there it's negative seven degrees outside this rat walks past me he stops and he looks at me and i wasn't even scared because i was just miserable and i looked at the rat and i said hey rat i'm going to do comedy and if that doesn't work out i'm just going to go back to my anime.
1: Is this a real story?
0: So the rat looks at me <laughs>
1: and he says cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but the spirit is there.
1: God damn it my The Mike. spirit is there. No, that's it. real
0: though. That was when i first started doing it and so, i went, yeah, and i went to a place called uh fuck Merkels for my first stand- stand-up set uh two nights later. Um and it was horrible. Um, I had three minutes. I don't even remember what I talked about. Yeah. It was quiet, and at one point, I was looking in the audience, and I looked at a, I looked at some girl in the front row, and she audibly in front of everyone said, "Oh, don't look at me." And I was like, "I don't <laughs> think this, would, I don't think this is good. I don't think this could have gone any worse." Uh, but it's it's funny because I think very much what brings you back to your second time is is telling. Cause yeah. Because I was like, I did horribly. Yeah that couldn't have gone
1: i don't trust anybody who's like i did great the first time oh, I no, did no one, i'm like get the fuck out of here with that yeah. no one believed
0: you no one believes you yeah. yeah unless you did a unless you did like a unless you brought like five people with you to the open mic and uh,
1: did other material like a, someone else's material yeah that
0: happens I've yeah seen that should happen but i i was just like so i was like i did it i'm i was up there and i i want to get good at this yeah I want to get good at this because I think, yeah. So um, whatever, six years later. Here you are. Still doing it.
1: What has been in the course of that, but also the course of like your deciding you had to have human connection, you know, that that's an important part of who you are. What have you learned about yourself?
0: I've I've always been able to have a level of human connection with just about everybody I meet meaning
1: yeah you know you're very um, I'm sorry I didn't make it sound like the way you identified your romantic connection as being a necessary
0: oh yeah that now Um, I mean I've always wanted it it's just it never it never came about what was it fear no it was really just um, I don't know what it was it was just I don't know I I, I don't know I think um, again I think for the longest time I was just really great in group settings where I kind of like perform for a group. And that was kind of beaten out of me by hanging out with comedians. Because comedians will like beat you down until you kind of like go with what's going on. It's like, if I'd be in a riff circle, everyone would have to stop because I'm not stopping to let anybody else talk. I'm just going and going and going and going. And I'm I'm, I'm saying nonsensical, absurd shit that no one can actually riff on because it's not rooted in any type of reality. I.e. the rat looked at me and said, cool, have fun doing stand-up. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, they they beat me down till I was till I saved all that shit for the stage. Huh? And that was a that was something at that, that Shakespeare company too. There was, uh, the best piece of advice I ever got was from this uh, this acting teacher's name is they called him ABL. It was like Andrew. I think it was Andrew Boswick. Leslie was his name. Wonderful teacher. Um, he he was a graduate of MIT and he was making a lot of money doing engineering or mathematics or something and he quit that to do theater he's oh. so he very but he's also like a very abrasive like angry demeanor dude but uh he was really sweet to me um and one time i was doing a scene and i had been in the intensive for a few weeks at that point and he stopped me and he goes menendez i fucking hate you and i said well, I said, why? And he's like, I fucking hate you because when you're in the lunchroom or when you're walking to classes or when we're all just laying around and there's nothing to be said, you're like out there and you're funny and you're confident and you're doing weird, you're jumping over rows of chairs like a, like a hurdler and stuff like that, even though you're like this fat guy, like you're doing all this shit. And then you come on stage and when you finally have our attention, you become an eighth of what you are outside of stage, and that was the best advice ever, I ever got from anybody mm. when it came to performance because I think that happens a lot, to, especially to, to comedians.
1: You had misplaced comedy energy, Mis- I had that for years, exactly. Yeah, like just all over the place, making people uncomfortable all the time.
0: Oh man, yeah, I mean, I think that happens for a lot of comedians. You know, the guys, yeah. you know, the guys that are really great in the parking lot, and then they get on stage, and it's like, well, now you have all our attention. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with it? Yeah, and yeah. thankfully, I think within the past, um, I'd like to say, in the past two. Two years two years I am now uh, I now give myself more license on stage than I do off stage, as far as to fuck around and play and and like really like yeah that's like I'm like this is where I can do all the stuff that I want to do yeah yeah and I think I think that switch is really important for people yeah. I mean what do I know? I'm not I'm not I like, think I've, I'm not like 12 years in yet, but so I, take take this for what it's worth. I'm only 4 years in and yeah, okay. I don't know.
1: I don't know, but I I think what you're saying that resonates with me 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I need to like rev up with people cuz I'm such an extrovert. I have to like rev up a little bit before I get on stage to feel yeah. comfortable. And I realize that everybody around me they might not have that um that need to mm-hmm. rev up. So sometimes I'll like I'll take that sort of like sliding off of other people's interactions. Mm. It's like, Oh no, they, they don't, they don't want to talk to me or whatever. And it's not true. It's that other people's needs are a little more folk. uh, Other people's needs are more insular. Whereas mine are more exterior in a lot of ways. That doesn't mean I don't have insular needs, but. And sometimes right before I go on stage, I just need to like be in my own thoughts. But in general, like human interaction for me is like a necessary part of who I am and what my comedy is. So Mm -hmm. I have to kind of like, I have to kind of feel what's going on just to, just to get in there. My therapist told me I'm an extroverted empath, which doesn't seem like a thing that is real. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why are you making this shit up <laughs>
0: Ext- extroverted empath
1: yeah that i can like feel what's going on with other people but i also need
0: to that be around like other people.
1: i know right it sounds like the
0: new nissan extroverted empath.
1: exactly exactly <laughs> like a four-wheel drive hyundai that hasn't come out yet
0: with all the baggage in the trunk
1: with all the baggage <laughs> in the trunk and in the front seat yeah, and was, all yeah, over the place But what's like the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself? I mean, is that what you've learned is that you have to channel it to put it on stage and maybe not scatter it all over the place
0: or? I've learned that. I would have learned because I'm still learning. I'm still trying to put it into words. What have you
1: learned about your interactions with ladies since your breakup lately? Your experience of love. I don't want to
0: say with the ladies. With the ladies. (laughs) With the ladies. No, it was funny though. So when I, when, when I when um when my relationship ended, I uh again I talk about my my uh, my bar quite a bit because I like and it's the bar that I work at part time. I don't want to say the name. Um, but people, yeah, you don't want people just showing up. No, no, people,
1: com- no, comics show up there,
0: huh? No, no, they do sometimes. But I mean, but people who know me know what place I'm talking about. Um, the thing was is that I because you
1: do trivia, you're not like a trivia raging alcoholic and bingo. Alcoholic, no, I'm not like a raging there. alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, when I have a good time, I have a really goddamn good time. But um, I had never realized. Because I was really alone and I was kind of like sad that that place, I started hanging out there more. Yeah. I started closing down the bar more. Like I, I, started, yeah. I started being there until the lights came up. And what I didn't realize was that in the four years that I've been there, I was so distant from people in the sense that I would come in, be like, clown, like a clown for two hours. I'd sit by myself and drink and then I'd go home. Yeah, or maybe I I'd talk to one or two people, but I never really knew everybody. Yeah, but they knew me from being around for like four years. I didn't know people's names. There are regulars at that bar there that I did not know their names, and I was like, that's not right, because they all really like me and they all really supported me. And you know, this year was the first year I started like inviting people to come out see to see my shows because they were always asking to come see my shows, and people actually cared. They they came to watch, and I was like you know so i started learning everybody's names and i started realizing i'm like oh people actually would like to get to know me and i don't just have to be funny all the time i can just you know people want, want to sit down with me and actually talk and that was that was a big revelation for me just because i'm like i don't think i have any interesting shit to say um which it's not really about what you're saying it's just about being in the presence of an, another person for a little while yeah that's, that's it and um, yeah, and I think I mean on the romantic side, I think, I, I think it was just me turning. I, I think it's also me turning thirty that I started thinking about that shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, and thirty uh, is a big turning point mm. for a lot of like early and like mid millennials. It's like mm. it's it's a it's kind of the new. I don't know. It's it's more of that like oh, I'm an adult now. Yeah. And, like, I have adult concerns and adult needs. Yeah. And yeah. You know,
0: just knowing what I want and just not taking things so personally. That was another thing. I felt like I got really disappointed by a lot of, a, a lot of um, encounters that I had with, uh, with women, whether it be on dates or whatever it was. Yeah. I had a lot of disappointments just because I think I took these, I, I took things way too personally. Yeah. Like, things that had nothing to do with me. Yeah, and that's a big thing—is just realizing sometimes it just has nothing to do with you.
1: Yeah, and to congratulate yourself for taking the risk.
0: Yeah, for taking the risk. It,
1: it does seem like you're pretty afraid to let people in. So, like the fact that you take a risk is a big deal.
0: Oh, I'm not. A, I'm not afraid. I'm just. You just don't. I'm n- no. I do. I do. I do yeah. let people in. Um. Um. Now it's more and more frequent. Yeah. The way I've always wanted to. But it took, it took a second. Just it, It's really just about not taking things personally and understanding. Like, okay, let's say someone is, let's say I'm going out on a date with someone who's 26 years old. Let's say she's 26. <laughs> right. I'm 30. She's 26. Um. Be- before we say a sentence, let's say we say our first sentence to each other. Before she went out with me that night, she has 26 years of things that happened yeah that are different from the 30 years of things that yeah. happened to me yeah and i am very aware of those things now yeah i'm very aware of it, it's good to now kind of know like if i'm out with someone who probably has had a sh- string of really shitty boyfriends and is not kind of used to someone who's like yeah. upfront front and kind of like yeah uh, off, like uh, i'm very affectionate i like I feel them. It's like Donkey Kong. Like I feel them throwing the barrels of their ex boyfriends at me, and I just got like hurdle these shits. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just like, oh yeah, you're a comedian. How interesting. And then they throw it, and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta jump over the those things. <laughs> and if the girl is and if the girl is nice enough, I'll keep jumping over the barrels. But um, yeah, it's just I, I'm very aware now that it has nothing to do with me, and I think I think it's just my narcissism getting broken down. Okay. my ego getting broken down to just like it just sometimes it just some i'm not saying it's not always i'm not saying it's always not me i'm sure there's a couple times where it is me yeah but the the majority of the time it's not me and that's okay yeah that's okay and that's fine and i like to think that uh i like to think those people will find some peace i hope so um yeah yeah maybe they won't who knows
1: i mean don't always have to be somebody's solution
0: no no and um no so i'm 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 good now and just it's just enjoying myself What
1: what would you say your level of honesty is in your life
0: like the way i the way i express myself to other people yeah oh probably i don't know what's what's too honest i don't know i've said i've said a lot of things that people have taken very offensive. Well,
1: you did say that people don't know when you're kidding.
0: That too. Um, but, no, for the most part, even when I'm joking, I can convey something that's serious. Yeah. I mean, I think we all can. Yeah. I, don't know, I would say eight. Eight? Eight. Okay. Like, honest when it counts. Eight, yeah. Sometimes, you know. People
1: always give it a one to ten scale. That's always the fascinating thing.
0: Yeah. I would say eight. I don't know, but maybe someone might say, oh, that motherfucker's too honest. I don't like whatever too- it is. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't always say,
1: well, there's different types of honesty too. There's, yeah, there's like self honesty. honesty and like, yeah, you know, like cash register honesty and like honesty with others. Mm-hmm. And yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm, I like to think that I'm, yeah, I'm honest. I'm honest with all my friends. Like there's a comedian. Um, She's younger. She called me up uh, yesterday before we're supposed to be at the same um, open mic together. Yeah. She's a good friend of mine. And, She's like, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm like, "I'm fine. What do you need?" She's like, "I don't need anything. I just, I want to see you. what were you are, are you playing? Are we're going to the mic right?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're going to the mic." What do you need? And she goes like, "I don't need anything. I just wanted to see how you're doing." I'm like, "We are about to be at the same open mic in 20 goddamn minutes." I am trying to listen to DJ Mugs and Rock Marciano's new album, oh, yeah. as recommended to me by Brandon. <laughs> and she was like, "Why do you have to be so mean, Mike?" I'm not being mean. This is a weird. <laughs> this is a weird moment that did not need to happen, and it's your fault. And bye was she like, was
1: trying to connect with
0: you. No, she was she trying to be your friend. You. We talk all the time. Because
1: when you're at the mic, you're on.
0: We talk all the time, though. When
1: you when you're at the mic, you're like you're like Mike the mic at the mic I'm a, a man at the about mic. town. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's like a different thing. I maybe She was trying to connect with you in a well, genuine we, way before you got all revved up around other people. Well then
0: we hung out with another comic friend right after and we had we had that kind of talk that she wanted. Yeah. But it's like why are we talking on the phone twenty minutes before we're supposed to see Because
1: women are like that. We like to like have a little intimate conversation with people.
0: Oh yes,
1: I did. I had the same thing happen. Stuart and I like no thanks. (laughs) Stuart and I now live together, and I was like, hey, he called, and I was like, hey, I'm on my way home because I had a show. I forgot I had a show. I'm very bad at managing my own calendar. Mm. I forgot I had the show. And so he was at home kind of like we had planned on meeting up at that time. And I was like, I'm on my way. And we were kind of talking on the phone. He was like, aren't you going to be home in like five minutes? I was like, yeah. He said, and I'm in the middle of like connecting in my, my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he goes, okay. Cause I'm all excited and just like happy to hear his voice. He was like, well, why don't you just tell me when you get here, I'm going to go. And I was like,
0: uh
1: and he wasn't wrong he wasn't wrong but it did feel a little bit rejecting
0: but that's your boyfriend true i don't have to put up with this
1: <laughs> oh my god you're so much better than me because when i was single people would call me all the t- like when Stuart and i first got together he was like how many people call you a day yeah. and i was like i don't know like three or four he's like anna that's a lot of
0: comics calling you to just tell you about how their lives are going no and but i you're right we need that like i yeah there are comics that i talk to yeah every couple of days i talk to my mom every day i talk to but my mom is like short conversations like two minutes that's cute if we have nothing to talk that's about so sweet though oh my mom's mom great um i have a friend uh who i've known since i was a kid she lives in Sing- uh no she's in singapore now yeah. she's a consultant um she's gonna be there for like the next month we text pretty much almost every day my brother i text yeah. like two, every two days
1: i think that gal was just trying to be your like closer friend she was trying to take she is my closer level. friend
0: though already like she knows that and that's fine. It's just then. Don't like, pick
1: up the phone. Why'd you pick up the phone?
0: I don't because I'm not rude. I wanted to see if she actually needed something. She didn't need anything. Oh,
1: just be like, hey, what's up? Oh, I'll see you later. No,
0: I want to talk to you. But I want to talk. No, to you in I wanted present. to make sure that there was no calls like that ever again in the future. Oh my god! I was also just trying to listen to an album that a friend of mine like. He was in, send
1: me this album because I don't know anything. It's called
0: about chaos, music. it's chaos with a K, by, with a DJ K. Muggs by DJ Mugs by DJ Mugs and Rock Marciano. Okay, and it's a really great album because like. It's really good. I like I like New York rap a lot. I know like New York rap isn't like the most popular rap right now, and I'm talking yeah. about like old school New York rap. Yeah. With like like heavy guitar strums sure. in the back, and you know. Yeah. It's bluesy and jazzy yeah. and stuff like that. Um. Like I, I love that type of stuff. I still love, like Action Bronson does that kind of stuff. I love yeah, yeah, Action yeah. Bronson and Joey Badass, like those kind of people. And I know the new stuff is like trap drums. Everyone loves trap drums. But it was good to to like just listen to a dude. Because Rock Marciano is like a 40-year-old rapper. So he's like actually really great at rapping. I love it. Yeah. and, And just the beats were just amazing. And it was cool to just sit down. And like one of the songs, it's called White Dirt. And there's this amazing guitar strum that happens every couple of seconds in the instrumental. And I could just picture like Jimi Hendrix like behind Rock Marcion as he's rapping. And it was just And meanwhile, you're getting a call.
1: Hey, how's it going? Hi, how's
0: it going? The exact opposite of rap.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Do you want to hear the dulcet sounds of a white woman's struggle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hi, white woman here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask you, are you comfortable? where you are sitting? I'm I didn't ask like, you that before. Okay. I'll Cause you can lean back on that. that I just want to make sure the headphones not,
0: don't get off. The no, you're
1: good. Right. And the painting will not fall on you. Uh, okay. um, you're
0: fine. We're oh, all, we're all painting
1: that's uh somebody you probably know and i cannot remember the gentleman's name off the top of my head but he's a friend of Stuart is a comedian he was he was and then he went a little nuts apparently. oh i don't know yeah anyway no um, i would have remembered this name i don't know what the name of the painting is but we call it Stuart and i call it the sound tree because it looks like a tree made of sound
0: i like it i like the color it's
1: really pretty we got to hang it up what's your favorite Stupid. painting
0: my favorite painting yeah do you have a favorite painting oh
1: that's a really great question um i know mine obviously that's why i asked the question It's a Degas painting where um, a woman like a teacher is all in black and she has a, uh, I don't know the name of it, but she has an umbrella in her hand and she's sitting next to a ballerina that's kind of sitting how you were saying. So she's sitting like this, Aww. but her head is between her legs.
0: Yeah, I know this painting. Yeah.
1: And that one to me, it speaks to the like the struggle of perfection. Uh-huh. And, and I should know the name of this painting. I had a, like a print of it in my uh, house for a really long time. I got rid of it when I, when I made the decision to do comedy, I got rid of a lot of my physical possessions and that was the one thing I got rid of and I kind of regret that. It was because the frame was impractical. I should get another version of it. Yeah. But that to me feels very much what like my human experience is. It's like a search for perfection and um, like a critical, because they're not, they're connected to each other, but they're not, they're, there's, there's a criticism to the, to the way the woman in black is sitting. And she's kind and she's accepting, but she's not taking no shit okay. either. And there's this, this ballerina who you could just tell is exhausted. Mm. And I, I really love that painting. That's good. Yeah. I, I like... um, I just... uh PBS just did a documentary about Basquiat. And I there was a painting... I watched the documentary like twice to get the name of the painting, but there was a painting in the middle of it that I really enjoyed and they never put... That was like the only... Painting in the documentary that didn't have a name, mm. so I wonder if it was untitled. Um, but I, I really do enjoy art. I wish I had. I was told in college that uh, by a counselor because I have pretty pretty severe ADHD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it fucks with. It's why it takes me so long to memorize my own jokes, and um, and she said that because of that, I shouldn't take art history. And it's like a college regret that I didn't do that. I took film history and I knocked it out of the park and I'm so glad that I saw all those great films and now I know how to watch movies in like a critical and um, an intelligent way.
0: Sounds horrible.
1: It does. <laughs> it, it's kind of it's like nerve-wracking because like uh, we went and saw Sorry to Bother You and I took a deep breath because that's just right that like wheelhouse of what I really enjoy mm-hmm. and um and I I took a deep breath and I said that might be one of the best movies I've ever seen and Stuart said simultaneously I'm so upset right now and I was like that's because the movie did its job you're supposed to be upset right now yeah and um and he was just like oh like kind of like experiencing himself but I do I do wish I knew more about art what's your favorite painting
0: my favorite painting is a, uh, and it's in the Chicago Institute of Art and uh, I liked the painting before I saw it, and then I saw it, and it became my favorite painting. Just being in its presence. Yeah. Nighthawks by Edward Hopper. Do you okay. know Nighthawks? It's it's one that I think everyone knows; they just don't know the name. Yeah. It's so it's this painting of a diner. Uh, ju- it's just outside the diner, and you can see the whole diner from the outside. But you're yeah. cl- you're clearly street level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's bright. Yeah. And everything is dark outside, and there's four people. There's yeah. The attendant. You know what I'm uh, talking yeah, about? I yeah. Excited, yeah that is my favorite one hmm. it's just amazing and I think it's also just like the type of life that I live and I really enjoy my t- I really enjoy being it's a world it's and a we world get to, and
1: we get to live in that world it's
0: I really like being a self-described nighthawk I really like that a lot I love that I don't know who I am in the painting yet I can't tell there's four people and I can see myself being either one of them. Maybe you're all of those people. Am I might except for the pretty lady with the red lipstick. I'm not her.
1: I think I'm the ballerina and the critical teacher. Ah, uh, there you go. You uh, know? Yeah. I think you can be both. Yeah. Sometimes you're the floor. You never Sometimes know. Sometimes you're the floor. <laughs> exactly.
0: Edward Hopper. There's a I was never um my mother is a huge Mark Rothkow fan. Okay. You know Mark Rothkow? Yes. Uh the play uh, Red was about his life the mm-hmm. Tony award winner. He basically I never liked him. My mother loved him, but she she he just looks like it's just like fucking squares to me. Yeah. Cuz he he basically paints like just squares, but the the they're the very vibrant colors within the squares. And I didn't like it up until I went to Lochma and there's one of his that's orange and white. Yes, and o- I know exactly the one. I go there all the time and just yeah. and right in front of that painting. We should be museum buddies. You want to be museum buddies? Yes, I'm I down. fucking
1: love it. I know I, want- I, re-
0: I know every square inch of Lockman by now, though. I need to go like to the modern art museum.
1: Oh yeah, I actually haven't been to Lockman in a really long time, but okay. I've been to like. um mocha is really good i've
0: never been a mocha
1: oh mocha is great because it's they're trying to be the high art museum in the city and they mm. just it's fascinating they just got a new curator and he's more of the like new york schmoozy with famous people kind of stuff and gotcha. so the la art community is kind of up in up in arms a really great way to experience la art is to um because of our history and because of like latino artists were overlooked for so long especially in this area mm. um a great way to do like a fun outdoor museum tour is all of the like notable 50 or 60 year old murals in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. They just knocked one down. This, it's a lot of, there's a lot of, this is a great art city, but it doesn't, it's always fought for that, that art and culinary culture are two things that Los Angeles has really fought for because it's not, it's never been considered such. It's always been second rate to New York always really mm-hmm.
0: i would never think that yeah mm.
1: but um have you been to the Broad?
0: i've only been to lockman that's that's. us stop oh, you gotta there. go to the Broad. all right then we, we gotta go to these places we gotta
1: go to the Broad. the I amazing to, i
0: just went to moma in new york for the first time
1: really yeah. i haven't been to new york at all i want to go you've never been in new york city ever in my life yeah, I, have, no. I wasn't even i went to florida
0: once you go for the roast or anything like that out there no oh jeez.
1: no yeah 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 uh, I should do something in new york
0: I did like I'm I sure did, if I go out there, maybe the I don't, I don't know i don't know i did well I did like nine shows there in a span of two weeks, and then everything else was just like kind of hanging out with my brother and then going to mics here and there and nice. it was fun i I couldn't live there um that's just, what Stuart says. he
1: says it's too much energy for him, he can't do it I don't think, it like makes him I don't agitated think it's
0: necessarily energy it's just a lot of just people are not happy there. Yeah, they're not happy and they're just like I go on a train everyone's got this look on their face and it's like yo you moved here to be around these people like why are you so unhappy (laughs) go back to Wisconsin motherfuckers well I
1: mean people in LA I mean there's two things that you have in LA you have unhappy people openly unhappy people and then you have people that are like desperately seeking happiness that's why there's a crystal store on every corner mm -hmm. so like those people look just as dead to me as the ones that aren't happy, and I think that there's like a wide spectrum. Oh no, between. but to me, to
0: me, I get why people in New York aren't happy.
1: Here, it's almost weird.
0: It's an it's anomaly like, here. And that's why I'm like, wow, these people genuinely aren't unhappy because the palm trees pretty much tickle the skies. And like.
1: When you leave this apartment, look at where the palm trees peek over the top of the building. It's beautiful. It's man. beautiful. It's amazing. This is
0: a beautiful city. Yeah. It is a beautiful day every day here. And still in the midst of all this, you're just like, what is it all fucking? Why am then I. Then you're not genuinely being... sad. You're a genuinely sad person. And that's great i love i love being around that no i love it and i love making people like that laugh i make people like that laugh on a consistent the real basis. deal yeah and once you once you like learn how to make somebody laugh like that a crowd of uh, full of normal people that have families and really yeah. just came to have a good time it's like oh you're setting up a t-ball stand cool let's let's hit t-balls here yeah it's fun it really feels like that sometimes yeah and yeah because i you know I remember there was, there was this guy at my bar uh, that he had seen me for a couple of years, like two or three years. And he, he's been going to the bar for like 15 years or whatever it was. Yeah. Older guy. And he goes, you know, Mike, uh, I like you. I think you're a good guy. Uh, you know, people around here tell me you're funny. I don't think you've ever made me laugh um, one time, honestly. <laughs> So, over the next minute and a half, I just started ripping off like eight non sequiturs and doing weird object stuff with the bar. Like, I'd, you know, take a spoon and make it in a tree like it was another object. I just went really fast because I took what he said as a challenge. And at the end of the minute and a half, he was just like, okay, you're funny. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I think, and it, was, and it was like, I think he actually has thought I'm funny. He just wanted his own private show yeah later. maybe i'll give you your own private show so we are there you uh,
1: go. men ask that all the time of me of women female yeah. comedians they'll be like oh you're you're a comedian uh, say something funny and it's like i'm a it's, it's so i always tell them well do you have money nice <laughs> how much money you got how much money you got how much pocket? how much money you got
0: and we were talking about that the other day about because i've heard a lot of uh female comics tell me um man i never get i never get asked for sex after. Charlotte oh yeah. Like but you,
1: you said, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've said, uh, yeah, definitely. Because comedy, comedy and martial arts were two things that, um, allowed me to feel self-confidence in a genuine way. Mm-hmm. Cause I have a deep sense of like self, I have deep self-esteem issues the way most comedians do. Sure. Um, and, uh, so comedy and martial arts are things that I feel my most uh, powerful and beautiful doing. Mm-hmm. And that in turn always led to like just random hot dudes mm-hmm. just being like, Oh, Hey, what you doing? I'm like, yeah. what, you, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Cause any, in any other context, you wouldn't, It's because I could do something they can't do, exactly, and they know it.
0: I know, but I think for some reason, and I keep hearing this idea, and I don't know.
1: But it is a masculine thing. Well, I know, but I
0: don't. I don't know if it's necessarily the truth or it's just the kind of guys that these women like to attract, because they're just like men are. They don't like a funny woman. I was like, I love funny women. Yeah, you're mine. Yeah, you're. You're going for the wrong ones. I know. I mean, I. I think I like maybe I like unintentionally funny women, and that's a different. So I, uh. like like ladies who I just, like, like I'll say something and they'll get like this really mean look on their face or something like that. And then they'll just go mmm, at me and I'll be like, oh, that's funny. You, that's, you,
1: you like a woman you could provoke.
0: I like a lady that could, that could provoke me too, though. It's uh-huh. It's, it's, it's got to be a fair fight. And usually they win. Uh, they win most times. What's one thing you'd like to
1: change about yourself?
0: <sighs> I wish I didn't bite my nails. <laughs> me too. That's it.
1: I stopped biting my nails in my um, when I turned thirty, actually, and then recently I got really, really exhausted doing my day job, and I started biting them again to yeah. stay awake, which is not a great. Buy some gum, Venezuela. That's
0: a. I'm, there's, I'm, I'm, a uh, there's
1: a there's st- there's this stuff called Manalva Stop on Amazon, uh, and it tastes like. It, oh, it's I bitter. Can't, I it's not. It, I can't describe it. It's like I like bitter stuff. That's the thing is I've bitten through some of that like bitter stuff. I like weird flavors uh. and like this is different. It's like, I would put it, I would put my hands in my mouth when I first tried it and I would be like, ah, Mm. and I have to tell you that I went through a big emotional experience when I first quit biting my nails because there was so much energy that I was spending on that activity. And when I had to just sit with my feelings and not like sit with my thoughts and not just like, gnaw on my hand mm-hmm. it really i remember sharing about it in meetings being like this is stressful it feels like i'm quitting smoking but it was just my nails
0: yeah i mean that that would be a small thing i would change about myself it's big a big thing, thing i don't man i don't know I,
1: I know i'm asking you serious questions i
0: guess i don't know man i mean it's the
1: name of the podcast though it's 12 questions some of them are serious some
0: of them are very serious i know i wasn't expecting this. sorry about that I thought we would. We were talking about the the film I was promoting that I'm not in. That's not actually a film. Um, I have nothing to promote. So what would I, why why would I think this would be anything but this?
1: You asked to be on this podcast. <sighs> I, did, Mike. I did not ask. You asked me. And you I said, asked me. No. What? You
0: did ask me. I did. But edit that part out. Um, <laughs> Because I just wanted to have a conversation you with you. Just want
1: to, you can just come and hang out. What do you think of the place? I didn't place? know that. What do you think of the place? Were you ever here before? It's quaint. Moved in?
0: <laughs> yes, I've been here before. Yeah. Not much, because Luke's an asshole, but it's...
1: You should just, like, come over and hang out with me, and then... I'll go over and hang out with you. And then, yeah, you can come over anytime. But the, the serious Critique of- my roast con pollo recipe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wish sometimes I had... Uh, that I didn't jump on people so fast. In what way? I've had people like, for instance, the other night, um, I was, I was uh, going into my car after being at the bar, and this this lady who was a friend of a friend mm-hmm. kind of started chastising me. She's like, you shouldn't be getting in the car. What are you doing? Because she didn't know how how many drinks I had. had. I really just had like one drink, which I mean, and I could have gotten myself home just fine. I did, obviously. I'm here right now. And she was chastising me. And then I just got really obnoxious on her because I'm like, I just started getting really obnoxious just looking at her. I'm like, I am fine. Thank you for your concern, though. I got really childish and immature. And then I went in the car and I went away. And then two or three days later, my friend was like, "You were very rude to my friend, and you said something. You said something to her that I, I thought was pretty offensive." I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he said that I said a word to her that I and I don't remember because again, this th- this was like a, such a short little interaction. Yeah. But he said that I said a word that like <laughs> I I don't remember saying it, but I apologized anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that sometimes I didn't lose so much control of myself that I, that I wasn't aware of people's feelings in the moment. And not to say that she was correct, but I'm also not correct in that moment.
1: Yeah. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh You know, I hope I hope she forgives it. But then again, that's the side of me that's like, I don't, I, you know, maybe it's not all me.
1: Yeah. It's okay, okay to be a big feeling person too. Yeah, you no, seem I'm, to feel really big.
0: I feel big, but it's just it's 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 seldom reciprocated. Uh,
1: Not everybody feels big. Not everyone yeah. feels big. Yeah. Um, I feel big, and it's I know it's for okay. some people it can be like it's okay. It's fine. We get along great because we're both like yeah, two big feeling person. we well, see that,
0: and that also is uh, what I've been talking about because I've never been one uh, to date within my own culture.
1: Me neither. Because
0: I've always felt like a weirdo. Like Cubans are always kind of Cuban women always made me feel very weird. And strange yeah,
1: about Latinos. Are, I'm never. I'll never be. I'm like that uh, scene in Selena. I'll never be. Nah. I'll never be Mexican enough for the Mexicans, and yeah, I'll never nah. be white enough for white people. No, and I and somewhere you know, in between.
0: You know what I think it is too is just that my dad. Uh, so my dad. It's also the 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 tax bracket of Cuban that I was around. Uh, as compared to
1: crazy rich cubans like my
0: dad i mean yeah really well off Cuban people but my dad was uh my dad was like dirt poor and my mother was like lower like lower middle class okay that and then they got together and you know they wu-tanged up and they became this great couple hell yeah and uh but they worked really hard and my dad has darker features because the side his side of the family way back when is from lebanon Mm -hmm. so i'm around kids that don't have that kind of father in their house like they like i went to an all-boys school where a lot of the guys fathers had gone to that all-boys school my dad went to shitty ass high school like a shitty ass high school in Miami. yeah and thankfully he put me through there but it was just like so i'd be around these women that were just not like the women of my family like what i was accustomed to as far as like they were all very uh, taken care of and and all gorgeous, but they made me feel like a weirdo for having like this sort of like, like, s- like street fun. Like I don't need to go to a nice place to have a good time. Yeah. Like while a lot of kids in high school, so I went to the all boys school and you know everybody hung out with the girls from the all girls school. My boys all went from middle school who I'm still friends with to this day um i really only have like one or two guys that i kind of talk to from my high school yeah but all the guys from my middle school uh you know there's three guys that i always talk to and what you know instead of going out to a like a miami you know 18 and under club or whatever you know because they have places like that in Miami. yeah or getting our fake ids or whatever and going to club space and spending like 60 dollars or whatever it is we would just get like a 10 dollar bottle of rum and a pack of black and miles and play dominoes for 3 or 4 hours. And that was our night. And no yeah. one, and no one got laid, but we all had fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Was fun.
0: That that's what it was. So, and then I'd go to these parties sometimes because the you know, the people from my all-boys school liked me. Um and then they we'd be hanging out with the girls from uh, Lords. Lords was the other uh, all-girls school. There was another all-girls school called Carrollton. There's a co ed school called Ransom. So these are the kind of uh,
1: the These code all sound so intense. I know and they're intense. Oh, they're intense as <laughs> shit. No, no.
0: Cubans are so dramatic, um, <laughs> which I've been described as that a lot lately. Mike, you're being so dramatic. But I realize when people in LA call someone dramatic, they're really calling someone. They, they people confuse dramatic and passionate. Yes, in this town a yes. lot. Yes,
1: you're being really dramatic. It's like no, I'm being a human being. Yeah, you mean like ex- give a fuck? Yeah. I am experiencing life. Yeah. This is not. That's so dramatic. That's fuck yeah. You. Their parents didn't hug them enough. <laughs> oh my god. The thing is, is you were you were hugged. I wasn't hugged enough. But I was I found deep. I found a way. I can't hold that part of me back. I'm passionate about. No, everything. no, and I'm not gonna yeah.
0: lie. I I've been hugged a lot, and I hug a lot. Yeah you, yeah, you do.
1: Yeah, you do. It's always like welcome too. You're like one of the few comics that can like just run up and just like hug me and yeah. like put your arm around me, and I'm not. I don't think to myself, "What are you doing?"
0: <laughs> I want everybody to be okay. Like, for yeah. In, for instance, uh I went to my bar the other day, and there was a girl that I, you know, I uh, I went home with a couple nights, uh, yeah. a couple years ago, a couple years ago. Yeah. And, but we're still we're still cool and stuff yeah. like that. And I hadn't seen her in a, in a minute. Yeah. And uh, I think she's got a, like a boyfriend now. She's cool. Because she had longer hair and I saw her in the booth and she was just like, Mike. And I ran into the booth and I stepped on the cushions and everything and hugged her like really hard. I didn't even think. I just went in for it. And she was really happy to see me. And that's a lovely moment. And how many like because I hate all these people. There's nothing that bothers me more than someone talking shit on someone who they once li- like liked.
1: Or yeah. had affection
0: for it. You know how I many yeah. people I hear just like, my ex boyfriend, what a piece of shit. Or that one guy I went home yeah. with, what an asshole. And the thing is, is that it, I, I heard this on a on another podcast. Uh, cogn, these guys were talking about cognitive reframing, which means taking a negative experience and real, and yeah. understanding the value in it. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe this person broke up with you. Yeah. Or maybe you guys drifted apart. But does that take away that those good. You, you, you had yeah. some kind of love for this person at some point.
1: Maybe, maybe you just find out you're not compatible in that way. Then you're that's friends. fine. No, I'm
0: starting to learn, man. I see yeah. this shit left and right. I mean, it's, I'm seeing it left and right. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. And I think the thing is that if you're friends before any of that shit goes down, yeah. then that's a great way to keep that going. Exactly. Because that's something I learned from talking to my mother. Mm. Um cuz I asked her well I asked my dad that I asked my dad I asked my dad I was like I was like you know with so many men your age leaving their wives for you know like young girls and shit like that and just yeah. getting divorced in general like what keeps you and my mother together cuz I asked him cuz I want to know yeah. I want to know for myself as a man what what not the secret but what what the practical reasoning is Yeah and he said before my before your mother before, before she is the mother of my children. Before she is my lover. Before she is my wife, your mother is my best friend, and that mm. to me was that to me was the most telling part. And I think like I think people rarely like get to really know people before they shove it in them nowadays. And, True. And uh, I personally love. I personally love, uh, what's, that, uh, what's that Steve Martin joke? This is one of my favorite Steve Martin jokes. Goes, uh, oh, we were talking about this. Yeah, we way. were talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes like, you know, I don't like doing the one night stand thing. I think, call me romantic, but I, I think you should get to, to know someone and, uh, you know, frankly, be friends with them before you use and degrade them.
2: Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's,
0: <laughs> that's the thing, because even when, even when you switch that relationship up, you can always go back to that first part. If you were yeah. really if you were really friends, you can always go back. You can back always go place.
1: back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I think the thing is is that people like to car- like put people in categories like these are my friends and these is this the people that I yeah, fool around with and that's and they rarely put the two together and frankly putting those two together I think leads to more happiness and sustaining relationships. Now, I personally don't know that myself cuz I've never been in a relationship with someone I was friends with at first. So,
1: You'll probably get there now that you No, searching. that's what I'm,
0: but that's what i'm looking for that's yeah. my point that's what i'm looking for now yeah um and uh we'll see but also i'm traveling on everything like that so it's, it's gonna take a real angel to stick with me through all this
1: you never know like you never know what's gonna happen we'll see no but it's also how
0: i feel because i i switch, <laughs> I switch Isolate. you never
1: know when you're gonna just uh point your hips directly at somebody and oh, talk Oh my god. <laughs>
0: did i do that, I do that.
1: no you t- you told you told me that's how that's you were one of the first people to accuse me in steward oh dating yeah yeah we yeah dated
0: yeah you're yeah, like are hits. you too
1: are you too fucking i was like no and you're like are you sure <laughs> I, like you didn't buy well, because it because
0: you thought you thought he didn't like you
1: i didn't think yeah i didn't think i was, he was like interested. so you
0: i was like so you and this is for people listening it's like he's not
1: interested in me that um, was my response it wasn't no it was he's not interested in me what do you talk about crazy very
0: interested well now i live with him so yeah i think it's working out i think it's Um, working out (laughs) but uh no yeah you could kind of tell it i mean you don't know because you can't see it because you're you're in it yeah Uh, and i'm also like really
1: obvious like that yeah you were super obvious
0: yeah but it's also just the way a person and I've understood it this year for the first time, physiological responses to someone being in a room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very strange. It's
1: that line from My So-Called Life.
0: Is that a line?
1: What it's, uh, she says, uh, Claire Danes' character says, um, uh, my body just knows when Jordan Catalano's in a building. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's this crazy. might be the only rewatchable part of that whole thing. And it's
0: calming. It's calming. It's calming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. you might not get you might not get everything you want out of that person but true it's still nice being around eh, yeah. yeah yeah it's like that uh to me it's like and this, this is something this, this is not my joke in relation to me this is someone said someone says something about me he's just like you're just you're just a hulk looking for a black widow to turn you back into <laughs> <Banner>. <laughs>
1: that's so I'm, funny. Just,
0: I'm just trying to be funny all over the place and i just want a lady to be like hey big guy Hey. 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 And then slowly I turn back into the guy, and I'm just, just like, like hey. I just want to play with beakers and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. This is That's what I want. I just uh. want to stop being green and big and thrashing.
1: Well, speaking of being green and big and thrashing, like, what, how do you experience forgiveness? Forgiveness. Yeah. Like the concept of. Mm. You don't seem to be like a person who holds grudges.: no,
0: i've I, I've had people who I feel have done things that they shouldn't have done. Yeah after me being like completely transparent and I do hope they're doing well. I don't want to. I really don't want to see them again. Um, but yeah. forgiveness. I mean, I just. I don't think about them. So I guess that's the forgiving part. I don't think about them. You don't dwell on the anger. No, I'm not. I'm not. Well, because the thing is, is that I appreciate them for what they kind of did for me, in the sense of like. I very much am aware that I am. Like so wrapped up in liking people. That if someone would have said yes along the way, I wouldn't be where I am right now. What does that mean? Like if someone I genuinely was attracted to and genuinely liked gave me the opportunity that I wish they would have given me, I wouldn't have done stand-up and I wouldn't be in Los Angeles and I wouldn't be talking like I'm talking to you right now, which I think is probably the happiest I've ever been in my life.
1: Hmm. love that.
0: Yeah. So it's just all about like all the stuff that, all the stuff that they the stuff that I learned about myself, because that's that's the thing. I mean, more so than heartbreak, than being with someone, and then you two break up. I think a worse feeling, and maybe because it's been it's happened to me more, mm-hmm. is something that was full of potential that never even got off the ground. Hmm. Yeah, like someone putting a stop to something before anything actually happened.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, that's that's not a funny that's not a fun experience no no but uh because that's
1: just outright rejection it's there's just no, well, there's no chance.
0: it's technically not rejection because i i mean it is rejection but it was it's like it like little things happened and then there was never a next step taken even though there was like a lot of trust built up mm. and uh again that's the friends into yeah that that usually happens in that category um but I'm fine with it because every time, like, I learned a lot about myself in those moments. Um, yeah. And I had- just
1: described, uh, like, initially before it, like, escalated to that, like, end sort of, like, social standard thing. Like, w- do you think maybe that, like, making you fit into a box I- is that similar to what you described with comedy?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The ranking and dominance.
0: Yeah. The thing is, is that I, I like, i like being nomadic in nature like yeah. I, I like i love going to the east side and doing shows there and i like going to the comedy store and getting up there whenever i can i like going to the improv i like going to long beach i like going to NoHo, i like me too west side i like going everywhere yeah
1: trying every different type of audience
0: yeah because and i think i think i think a lot you know and god bless them there are a fair amount of people that only stick to one place, and yeah, by by all means, if if you found a place that's comfortable, uh, luckily, luckily for me, I've never really been a darling in any of those scenes. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not considered anything. It's just like, oh yeah, that's Mike. He comes here and and, then he goes there and he goes there, and he goes there, and he goes there.
1: I feel like I'm in that same boat, and sometimes I miss my allegiances from like a couple years ago. Like I miss that the comfortability of sure. like. But, know, but when I go, but on, I feel like my C end up is stronger as a that's, result. Yeah. It is yeah.
0: Because, and when I go on the road, that is the validation that I'm doing the right things. Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, that's I, at the end of the day, I care about, I care about the audience. Like I yes. want them, I want them to be, and I, I realized that recently cause I, I was doing a show and, uh, I went out after with this gay dude from Austin and his elderly mother. They're really nice people. Uh, um, and then there was a couple on a date, their first date together. And the girl gave me one of my favorite compliments I've ever got. She goes, I I laughed so hard I I really was about to puke. And uh-huh. I was like, cool. So we were at the we we're at this place called um Woody's across the street from Zanies. Okay. It's was an Ohio State bar which I hate Ohio State, but fuck it. It was a cool place. Um and, the, you know, the girl asked me, like, why do you do what you do and everything like that? And I was really, and I was, I had some drinks in me. So I gave her, like, the actual answer that was always inside of me. But the way she asked. Did you
1: tell me, her with the rat and everything?
0: <laughs> I didn't tell her the rat Uh Well, that, the rat would be why I wanted to do stand-up. Yeah. I think the answer I gave her is why I want to get better at it. I think those are two different things. Yeah. So true. she asked me, Why do you do what you do? And I said, You know why, young lady? Because I had some I was like. And you guys are not gonna you guys won't understand. You do turn into a fun drunk caricature. It's fun. It's very it's fun. It's fucking fun.
1: Man. You're doing a good impression of it right so, now. So <laughs> you
0: know, you're not gonna believe this. It's gonna sound crazy. Yeah. But the reason that I don't get nervous on stage. Because that was it. She asked me, if, what, why don't you get nervous on stage? I said, The reason is, is because I love you guys. And I've never met you before. Yes. But I look out in the audience. Yes. And I fucking love you. And I yeah. want you to be okay. Now, all of you suck my dick right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Once I was nervous
1: about going on stage at the comedy store. And this was before Stuart and I started dating. And he just turned to me. He said, don't be nervous. Your only job is to connect with them. That's it. Yeah. And I was like, "Really?" He was like, "Yeah." Well, because don't worry well, about anything else. Yeah, because
0: mm-hmm. I I think the thing is is that a lot of people the the reason that they they get scared to bomb is because they're not really thinking about the audience. They're thinking about themselves.
1: Yeah, they're thinking about the booker in the room. They're thinking about everybody. You know, yeah, they're thinking about all, impressing their friends. They're thinking about themselves, but they're not thinking about the audience. It's all bullshit. And it's not. Yeah. Worth, it's not
0: worth anything. And no, I think I, I heard Jerry Seinfeld say it in this like. This series, this interview he did with uh, it's on Spotify. If you look up Jerry Seinfeld, okay, it's like the only because his actual albums aren't on there. It's this one like interview. Interview, and it's funny because you would never think as a guy, a guy like Jerry Seinfeld, who has like a lot of love for the audience, he kind of like comes off as a- above them. Yeah, and he's self-described. He says, "Oh, Yo, you're you're the you're the only one in the room talking. You're the best. You're the greatest person in the room." But even he told the guys, "Just like you know, you gotta find." A reason you love them and a reason you want to entertain them, so even a guy like Jerry Seinfeld says something like that mm-hmm. so yeah, it's just finding that love for people, and that's that switched up everything for me, like really focusing on that focusing on those kind of people, just people who just want to laugh and I, you know i don't i don't, i I don't know if I'll ever connect with the, the industry side as much as a, a, as much as I'd care to
1: I don't think you need to put that out in the world I think that the industry side will come and find you eventually. hopefully we'll
0: see but it's just I, I really just enjoy being in front of people and yeah. I, I don't really think about that other shit I used to think about that like oh who's in the room and just uh, it's like well whether they're in the room or whether they're not in the room the job is still the same I have to make whoever's in front of me laugh that's, that's pretty exactly. much it and not caring about that other stuff it's just that really not caring about the other stuff. Cause I was, I was in big, sh- I was in like bigger showcase situations uh, a couple of years ago. Like I did a thing at the improv in front of like managers and agents and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did really well. And then nothing happened, which proved like, even, even if you do well, just
1: keep doing well,
0: nothing happens.
1: The, the reward is that you got to do the
0: thing. The reward is that I got to do the thing and I got to be in front of an audience and they were cool. Yeah. That was it. That's really as and that's, that's really, really as much it. as I can take. Yeah. Uh, that's or that's what I deserve at this point. I re, yeah, again, and I really don't care about that other stuff anymore. I'm really I'm really excited about like what I'm doing and I'm not channeling my I'm not channeling my stand up towards a brand or any kind of stuff yeah. like that at this point. I'm just trying to be funny and just funny first and if there's time to educate, we'll do that too. But <laughs>
1: What's your uh, what's the weirdest apology you've ever had to give?
0: The weirdest apology I've ever mm-hmm. had to
1: give. I know that was like some segue. I was just like, I got a question. apology? You already talked about an apology, apologizing for something for yeah that wasn't no
0: that, that wasn't um. Did you
1: all her a cunt
0: or something? No, no, I would not oh. the person that. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not gonna say never. I haven't been pushed to that brink, but um. I would like to think never to mean it. To mean it, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I've had to apologize a lot. I've had to apologize a lot, and again, because I get uh, again, it's because I think that I affect people more than I actually do affect them. Yeah. Like, and a lot of the apologies people have said like. Oh, I don't even remember that.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way.
0: Yeah. 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 I
1: apologize to people and they're like, what? And I'm like, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sincere apology also. Glad you didn't think about that anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's it.
1: What do you do to keep yourself like on the right track? Like how do you, how does Mike Menendez sustain on a day-to-day basis?
0: Exercise. Yeah. Exercise. Like today I played f- five games of one-on-one with another comic.
1: Wow. And it felt great. Amazing. Yeah.
0: And then I, you know, I go hiking most days, boxing, uh, you know, play, just play a lot of basketball, go running. Nice. It really does, it really does feel amazing to do on a daily basis. As, as small yeah. as, as that sounds. It's just, yeah. 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 Boxing. I'm,
1: I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's important to me. Important. Uh, Relationship to a higher power. You got one?
0: I feel it. I don't exactly know how to, Put it in the words. Yeah.
1: Okay. What's one thing you want to tell someone just like you out there in the world? Relax. <laughs> relax. <laughs> just relax. Ah, just I love relax. that. Just
0: relax. I love
1: that. That's, it. That's all my questions.
0: That's it. Yeah. That was twelve questions. That was over, twelve over.
1: questions and a little bit more because I had follow-ups. Follow-ups. Yeah. Okay. I always have follow-ups.
0: All right.
1: you have anything else you want to say?
0: Uh, no.
1: No. 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 It's fun. No, this was fun. Thank you so much for doing this.
0: Hey, I, I asked to be on this. Yes, though. you did.
1: Yes, you did. And you were
0: like, what? I hate how you put that shit out there. And just like, this, you, is, this is a favorite episode. No, guys. it's not a favor. It sounds like a favorite. episode. No,
1: I, I never think anyone wants to do these episodes because they are serious questions. And so when somebody expresses interest, I'm like very excited honestly i'm honored that you expressed interest in uh-huh. doing it in the podcast i didn't think it was something you would want to do because it's a lot of deep questions i've had comics come on here that i've asked to do it and they hate it like immediately where uh-huh. i've never been able to release those episodes because they don't want to be asked vulnerable questions mm-hmm. so i'm like so honored that you got vulnerable and that you asked to do the podcast This is a huge honor it's not like that I wasn't putting it
0: out there like that. I wasn't trying to like marinate you or anything. kidding. Yes. I'm not being serious. I apologize. I've had to do this apology a lot recently. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm just joking. I know, but you love
1: getting my goat like that though. I like what? You love getting my goat like that. Getting your goat like that? You love putting me on. And I'm like, like, wait, what? I
0: like getting a lot of people's goats. Um, I know. You
1: like to get a goat.
0: Especially a lady's goat.
1: You you enjoy a You you once gave me one of the best compliments. You once told me I looked like Marissa Tomei one night. You were like, you have a very Marissa Tomei look right now. I was like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, they that's good. a good compliment. That's a good ass compliment. tomato still looks good.
1: I know, right? Yeah, I wish I could say the same for me. I'm you kidding. So I wasn't fishing. Right. I wasn't fishing, but I like what I caught.
0: Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, what is? Uh, where can people find you?
0: Um, I'm performing around town I don't have my schedule in front of me right now But I mean, for, yeah. the, for the next month I'm kind of just writing new shit And then I'm going to be in San Francisco November 17th through the 20th Doing shows around town
1: I love that Do you, Maybe they can find out about On Instagram on stuff. Yeah, Website, Instagram at, at
0: Mike the Menendez on Instagram <laughs>
1: Mike the Menendez It wasn't
0: taken Obviously because it's douchey So Mike the Menendez Mike the Menendez on Instagram yeah.
1: Okay, I love that that's amazing okay um and if you uh want to get a hold of me you can find me at com. you can also find me at found on twitter and instagram um on facebook i don't post much anymore because let's be honest check out crisis comedy if you're in town uh we have a monthly show it's the second second thursday of every month yeah. um uh, but mike if nobody's told you this today i love you
0: i told myself that this morning but thank you for being the second one <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening to this today uh, and nobody's told you this, we love you. We Bye. Love you. Bye.